up East High. Hello, Wildcats. We're back. It's episode two time. Oh, yeah. Episode two or minute two of High School Musical 3, senior year. Yeah, I guess that was a little confusing because this is episode three of the High School Musical series. Well, not the series, High School Musical, the musical, the series. It's in the franchise High School Musical. This is the third installment. There we go. This is minute two. Wipes brow. Yeah. So in case you are new to the game, again, we are the Amateur Nerds. I'm Condra. And I'm Tyler. And we talk about the High School Musical movies one minute at a time. So in this here episode, minute two of High School Musical 3, senior year, minute two starts out with Troy shouting, let's go, and ends with... Troy taping his fingers. Oh, boy. Last thing about the premise of this show. I have not seen this movie. Condra has. I don't know if we even mentioned that in episode one. I don't know. Because we were all at Twitter with everything. Yeah. That we were so excited to talk about. We just came back from our first break ever and we're like, ooh, what is podcasting again? Yeah. So that's going to be great. I mean, we said a lot of cool stuff, but this is like just regular down to business talking about a minute of a movie and providing our quirky analysis. Yeah. So Troy says, let's go. He's saying, let's go to the movie. And he's saying, let's go to his, to the basketball team and to the crowd. Everyone is, is let's going right now. It seems a little intense. I don't know. It's, it's the end of halftime at the, New Mexico 5A High School State Basketball Championship, according to the banner. Troy tends to show a little bit more composure than this, though. It's like it's very 17 year old boy to just like kind of scream. Although, to be fair, we have not really seen him in. We didn't see the basketball game in the last movie or in the first movie. So we don't know his basketball presence other than get your head in the game, really. Maybe this is the intensity that he's known for, but he's just getting an inbound pass. So what we also don't have the context for is like, is the the guy who's inbounding the ball to him like taking forever? And (laughs) Troy's like, come on, give me the ball. Like it's high school basketball. So the clock might also be rolling during the inbound phase anyway. So he's just saying, hurry up. But it also, but it's also the let's go of we're losing badly and we need to fix this. Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, let's hustle up. We could probably get a couple plays out of this last little bit of time. Or I'm tired of being in slow motion. Let's speed this up. <laughs> that could be it as well, because yeah, the let's go is in slow motion, and then it cuts out of slow motion to regular speed. Or it's possible that he's referencing the song. A O, let's go. The Ramones? No, I was thinking of the um, Trick Daddy song. I don't that even know been, what that song is. I don't know. There, it came out in two thousand four, so that's why. That's why t- it, it feels came relevant to me because yeah. it's it's it, it was a pump up song that I had when I was in like middle school. It it has some swear words in it. <gasps> But it um Swear. it also samples Crazy Train, so it's like it's got kind of a jock jam sound, but it's more ah. of like a hip hop song, obviously. So yeah, that's he's referencing that his favorite pump up song. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, 
So we get some basketball playing in this minute, and it's not the worst basketball playing we've seen in a High School Musical movie. Not at all. Not at all. Um, It's pretty straightforward. Troy's dribbling down the court, does a backdoor pass to Charles Klapow. Looks like it might be a backcourt violation, but it's because there's an extra line Line. in the middle of the court for like volleyball or whatever. Yeah, I noticed that too at first. I was like, oh, backdoor? Nope. Guess guess we're good. (laughs) But yeah, we get some good like camera movement and mm-hmm. like it it's it's more realistically shot quote unquote in the sense that like we get like a third of the frame covered up by the referee in one moment because he stands in front of the camera yeah and it's like yeah but if you were sitting in the crowd that's kind of how it would look yeah so yeah not i thought bad... it moved with the camera moved with the ball quite well it, it was reminiscent of how you would watch it if it was on tv and it was one of those like very tight shots we get lots of like, come ons, let's let's run this play. Like like the dialogue is not dialogue; it's just kind of like pumped in general basketball noise. There's marching band music, <laughs> not not too different from our own marching band music that you hear, provided by the wonderful Joe Winslow. <laughs> oh yes, totally. Coach Bolton in the background is saying stuff too. We get some glimpses of Bart Johnson doing like. Good acting in the background while people are playing basketball. Yeah. And good basketball acting, like, from the assembled crew of basketball players and all the people in the stands. Like, Mm -hmm. this is a difficult type of shot to pull off. But at the same time, it's like, okay, it's a basketball game. Pretend like you're at a basketball game. Go. Yeah, Yeah, the cheerleaders (laughs) are doing stuff. They're running cheers. There's some defense shouting. Yeah, I wonder if Kenny Ortega would get more stressed out with like a big scene like this where it's basketball and crowds and stuff that he's not necessarily well he's good with specialized crowds. in he's good with crowds but not he's good, choreographed. but he's good with he's good with dancing crowds yeah i wonder if he's more stressed out about a big crowd dance because he knows how to do that and he wants it to go well or if he's more stressed out about a scene like this where there's a lot going on and it's not a dance scene hmm well, funny you should ask. Let's go over to the... T- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We do not have Kenny Ortega here. <laughs> Kenny Cam. <laughs> yeah, no, we wish. One, it's, it's a podcast, so there's no camera. Yeah. <laughs> Two, Kenny Ortega, not here. <laughs> no. But we do have Kenny Omega, the, the, the old WWE wrestler. No, we don't. Through, we don't even have that. <laughs> through a confused booking from our, with our agent, we did get him. We don't have an agent. We are amateur in every sense of the word. <laughs> so um, the, the play fails. Yeah. One of Troy's teammates passes the ball directly to one of the West High Knights, and they run down the court for an easy assist pass layup. Yeah. And then we inbound again. Well, Troy says, like, come on, man, we got to hustle or something like that. Yeah, some more generic (laughs) basketball words. Troy is definitely stressed because he's not necessarily playing plays. They're just they're going up and down the court like because like the last times we've seen Troy play, they were running plays, drills like it did seem like they were running like a standard play in the first first time up court. But in the second time up court, it's just like pass it to Charles Klapow. He it's like a give he and go. Troy it. runs yeah. onto the under the hoop, and it's like an attempt at like an alley oop. But, but Troy, the short, the pass is way too short. 
and he can't get any juice on the ball to even get it up to the rim. So it just kind of goes flying and he dives out of bounds to try to keep the ball in play. But that doesn't do anything. And, the and then buzzer. the buzzer rings and then it's halftime. Yes. The West High Knights are beating the East High returning champions, East High Wildcats. 47 to 26. And the announcer also kindly lets us know there's only 16 minutes left of the game. I thought that was an interesting wrinkle to throw in. Yeah, I I, I liked the way they did that. It didn't feel very heavy handed, but it also was not what an announcer would say. Yeah, it's what a, like a TV announcer would say. Yeah, you're yeah. right. And they could also hear it in the locker room. A couple things. In the, in the corner of the gym, there's a sign that says East High... Coach Bolton. That's the content of the sign. It's just that it says Coach Bolton. It's like a big banner that was painted I wonder by if students. Coach Bolton won an award or something and everyone was so proud of him. <laughs> um, they also have a wacky inflatable arm tube man in the, in the <gasps> gymnasium. What? I missed just stuck a in the background in the corner by the doors. What? I missed that? I need to. I'm, it's 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 really in the corner of a shot. You have to really be looking in order I to see it. I want to find. I love wacky inflatable arm tube men. Indeed, me too. I wrote a riddle about where the answer was that once, <laughs> and I like how the crowd is basically all dressed in red and white. There is the pocket of West High Knights, though that are in blue and yellow. Um. Yeah, but actually. They cut to that in a different shot. So, like, when when we're in the wide shot of the gym, we're seeing all the East High fans, and then presumably behind the camera is where the West High fans are. Yeah, because we do see... So we see get a separate cutaway to them. Yeah, we see a back of the... We see both sides of the back of the, the hoops, and one side is all blue and yellow, and the other side is all red and white. I did see the wacky inflatable arm tube man. That was very exciting. Thank you for pointing them out. Um, I did also notice they were throwing blue and yellow glitter into the air next oh, no. to the next oh. to the um, the scoreboard. Oh, Poor custodians. I know. Oh, my God, we had a confetti show last night. I was so mad. I was so mad. I was like, <laughs> well, glitter is just like worse. Like glitter is bad for your body too if you inhale it. Like, yeah. But it was like right next to the scoreboard that it just like popped up like on the sides of the scoreboard or when they when they I'm trying to see if it was when they um scored the bucket or if it was when they stole the pass. I'm seeming to remember that the companies who make glitter have like a secret formula. It was half but I <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, it was half time when the glitter went up. But secret formula, yes, proceed. Like there's only two of them and they were in New Jersey. And they're like they're like across the street from each other, like in a funny way. Not really, but like, okay. like that. But I th- I feel like glitter. Yeah, it's. I feel like it should be made from like recycled plastic, nope. but who knows? It is not, <laughs> and it is so bad for the environment. It like it, it's like if it was the brand to the like grain of something else, then you'd be like, okay, I guess this is like a side product that we made something with, and that's cool but doesn't seem like it anyway (laughs) yeah so so they go back to the the locker room quite sullen they are very dejected (laughs) they are sad boys with their hoods pulled up and they're can you come up with can you come up with three more synonyms for sad please distraught morose chagrin okay great perfect we got there (laughs) 
Um, I you noticed that the I learned chagrin. I always think about this anytime I use the word. I use I learned the word chagrin in because of Win Dixie, the book by Kate Kate DiCamillo, and it has always stuck with me. Which I feel is like, so um, weird. I feel like chagrin is one of those um pseudophonic words where um if you read it when you're a kid, you're like, what is that word? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like like awry, which I think is the classic. <laughs> yeah. I know there was another word like that when I was a kid that like it was in a book and they like really explained it in the book. And I was like, OK, I know that word now because of this book. But or sometimes you see a word like when I was in high school, someone just said leopard. They were trying to say leopard. <laughs> they were like, I don't know, man. <laughs> That's a tough one. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Did you notice on the the, the white sweatshirts that yeah, the, they have the wildcats wild are wearing on the side of their heads? On the hood, yeah, there's the wildcat like logo face. Yes, I and that's kind of that. cute. I would. That's love very two thousands. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. No, I was like, <laughs> I would like a sweatshirt like that for for this podcast. Did you notice that um, Bart Johnson, Coach Bolton, has grown Michael his hair Bolton, out? has grown his hair out? Yes, I did. Because it is that time of the two thousands where everyone was growing their hair out. Yeah, I mean, he pulls it off, obviously. Obviously. Condra, this is a fun fact that we were talking about during the break. Did you know, because this is something we haven't talked about on Wildcat Minute in the low 200 episodes that we've recorded <laughs> and could have potentially talked about this. Bart Johnson, mm-hmm. Michael Bolton himself. Yes. <laughs> Not Michael Bolton. He has a real name. Might No. You've ruined my brain. My brain is bad to begin with. <laughs> this is what happens. We take six months off and so no one can remember <laughs> Coach Bolton's real first name. You're looking it up. I'm going to say he's married to Robin Lively of acting Hollywood fame. She's the sister of Blake Lively, also of acting Hollywood fame. Blake Lively's married to Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. So Bart Johnson and Ryan Reynolds are brothers-in-law. Yes. And his name is Jack. <laughs> Jack Bolton. Ah, J names. Always got it with the J names. Um, yeah, weirdly, you, you when we got into the green room, you mentioned you're like, I have a fun fact about uh, about Mike Bolton. And I was like, I wonder if it's the same weird fun fact I just learned yesterday about Mike Bolton. And funny enough, it was. It was. <laughs> so clearly something's in the water right now. Is he like, so is he in like his serious phase or is this like the goof, like the, the growing out the hair? Like, what does that indicate? Like, this is a is midlife like, crisis thing, right? So I also wonder, you know how, so I read like one of my favorite series of all time is a hockey series. And like when they're in playoff season, they don't cut their hair. Oh, is yeah, Is it that's like a playoff too. thing? Although he's Yeah, I don't think shaven. it would be for Coach Bolton because he would be like a more... By yeah. the by, the laces. That's a, that's a phrase, right? By the laces. Sure, sure. <laughs> by the book, d- tightened laces. I don't know. Yeah, words. straight laced. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it is a playoff kind of thing because that wouldn't make much sense. Because also, your hair would not get that long in a playoff season. For Bart Johnson, it just looks good. I can yeah. see how he did this. For Coach Bolton, it, it does makes, feel like a it makes little midlife sense. crisis thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or maybe he's having a midlife crisis because Troy is graduating and like, oh, no, my little boy is all grown up and 
going to college and that could be it. Or maybe Mr. Bolton doesn't care and Mrs. Bolton, who holds all the weight in the relationship anyway as the main breadwinner, (laughs) told him to grow his hair out. She's like, you know what? I've always had a crush on hair bands from the 80s. You should grow your (laughs) hair out. Let's see how it goes. (laughs) Whatever you want, babe. (laughs) Don't cut off my credit card bill this month. (laughs) Principal Matsui won't care. Trust me. So, so they're in the locker room. The, some of the yeah, guys have it, towels over their heads. Like they are, they're demonstrating through body language, like a closedness. They're, they're very. They've retreated into themselves. It's very quiet in a locker room, unlike what we've seen of the Wildcats before. Well, it's it's interesting though because we've also had quiet scenes in this same locker room, but not with, with the whole team. Yeah. Exactly. Well, but even then, like, we had the whole team, like, with the secret computer trick in the first that, movie. Yeah, but with that's Troy's still, speech. They still got all riled in that. This is a room where speeches happen, which is a weird thing in movies. It's like the bathroom rule in movies where, like, you only show the bathroom if something interesting is going to happen in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. A la, the only bathroom scene that I care about in any movie is Austin Powers. Okay. I was <laughs> Who does say number two a, work for? There's a bathroom scene in the high school musical movies which is oh. very uh <laughs> where gabriella hides, hides around the corner sight. yeah hides <laughs> in plain sight yeah and actually to and um sharpay gets distracted by the mirror if i'm good i will play a little drop of the music from that scene right here Because for some reason, that music is like <laughs> weirdly evoc- like I don't know. That was just a memory for the me. The Austin Powers. I have no, no, no idea oh. from the High School Musical oh, from the scene. High School Musical scene. Okay, I was like, I have no <laughs> idea what Austin Powers scene you're talking about. So when when he's in the bathroom and the guy comes over his shoulders to try to choke him out, and it's the Lucky Charms guy, but oh, then he yeah. dunks his head in the toilet. But there's the guy in the, the stall next to him that's like. How about a courtesy flush? And then whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know. For some reason, that's like a class. Like, yeah, first no. Austin Powers, like, is just a series of successful gags and sketches, really. Mm-hmm. And it works really well in that way. And that's, like, the memorable one for me. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> bathroom scenes. Also, to locker room scenes. You don't see a lot of scenes in locker rooms unless something is going to happen in that locker room. Indeed. I think it's because they're such personal spaces that you have to be very methodical about how you shoot the room. Yeah. I, like, Because 95% of the things that human beings experience in locker rooms is very droll and... Not fit for PG television or PG <laughs> well, filming. Well, I was just going to say like not very exciting. Like you, like changing Change your, your clothes. clothes. Yeah. It's, it's really not much. It's you supposed to be sort of an shower. everyday normal task mm-hmm. but in movies it's like oh if you're in the locker room a speech is coming yeah <laughs> so you're going to hear something inspiring or there's going to be a confrontation between teammates or two teammates are going to start Reconcile. getting along and have yeah. fun i'll remember the titans one of the greatest movies of all time or one of them is going to try to kiss one of the other ones in like a weird psychological manipulation tactic yeah yeah. Weird scene in that movie. That movie's so good. <laughs> yeah. Remember the Titans minute? 
Mm-hmm. Maybe not for two white people to make, but whatever. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, and also northern white people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't really get football in the same way. <laughs> no. But Jack comes into the room. He's peering around the corner with a very thoughtful face. Like Yeah, he's he, I think he's trying to gauge like the, what's the vibe here? Like what what I don't know, like what speech do you think he's coming in to say right now? Yeah, here? before vibe check existed, he is vibe checking. <laughs> but like what what is the message he's going to be bringing here? I guess that would be like the prediction. Yeah, so I can't predict as always because I know what's about to happen. So Tyler, what's going <laughs> to what is the speech going to be? I think at this point it's just like a player hard out. I'm so proud of you guys moment. No matter what the scoreboard says, as long as you tried your best, I, you're all winners. You're all like, winners that, to me. Yeah, like that just seems like what it is. I don't know, man. Yeah, no, that that is a that that makes sense for what what how Bart looks or how Jack or Mike or whatever we're calling him this season <laughs> looks. Uh, he's definitely not mad. He's he's just disappointed. Anyway. No. No. He looks but just even, thoughtful. Even then, it seems like a moment for for us to see some of the growth that Mike Bolton has done. Like yeah. in a previous movie, he might have been like coming in hot, but now he's like he's realized, oh my my son and his friends are sensitive boys. <laughs> they have feelings. Boys have feelings. <laughs> I know it's wild. I know. We also. Have I just some... feel whatever my wife wants me to feel. Says, <laughs> says Mike Bolton. <laughs> we also have some babies in the locker room too. As they're like panning around the room, there are some tiny, tiny boys in the room. Yeah, we have like thirty-year-old Charles Clapau, and then like eighteen-year-old like, extras, and then like twenty-three-year-olds or whatever. Troy Bolton. Troy's no, because Troy's like would have still 20. only been like eighteen or nineteen yeah. or twenty. Yeah, yeah, I think he's like twenty in this movie. All right, uh, not, it's not yeah. a total Harry Potter fest up in here. So yeah, no, but Charles Kapow, man, <laughs> I love Klepow the guy. He's indeed. a great choreographer, but he definitely does not fit the vibe anymore. Um. Okay, I wanted to talk real quick about the assistant coaches. We get a glimpse of the assistant coaches mm-hmm. and just while I have this written down. I tried to look it up. There's, I, I see, I've seen two coaches behind mm-hmm. Coach Bolton. That sounds one right. One is a white man, was is an African American man. I don't feel like we've seen them really in the past. No. Who knows? Uh, yeah, we may have in past ones, but they have not been this prominent. And they're barely prominent in this scene. We just happen to see them on the sideline in the wide shot and in the locker room. One of them is listed or maybe even unlisted, but in the IMDb credits, an assistant coach character played by Brad Johnson, who, as far as I can tell, is in no way related to Bart Johnson, although it's possible. Yeah. I, his IMDb, he has a series of credits. It seems like, as we've seen before on some of the extras in these types of movies, he mostly does like the Christian movie slash Hallmark movie genre circuit of acting, but he was an uncredited extra in the movie 127 hours james franco Mm -hmm. aaron ralston so he he had one prestigious appearance in a well no he had one appearance in a prestigious movie anyway you have anything else that you wanted to say about this minute Condra? i don't i'm just double checking that we really don't have any 
There are some other people listed, but I'm not sure if, like, on the High School Musical wiki and stuff, but I, they are not, like, linked, so I'm not sure if they're players or coaches. So, um, yeah, it, a continuing problem for this movie that we were seeing in TV movies that, yeah, that was the fault of it being a TV movie, is not all the people are listed, and there are a ton, a ton, a ton on IMDb of uncredited characters, so we will continue to have the fun task of trying to figure out who is who. Yeah, I also couldn't find the announcer. Yeah, um, the announcer was from not the listed. minute either. That was the other thing I wanted to say. Again, much to our chagrin. I'm I'm feeling so morose about this. All right. <laughs> and, so, it is we're back. Condra, we have a segment. We have a segment. It's a segment change. It, Cue it, the music. You going to have music for this? Maybe, who knows. <laughs> Let's watch a Disney Channel movie. Condra, guess what? Tyler. We've for the past two seasons we've done the DCOM of the week segment. Correct. We've it's it's had sort of several iterations or versions, but the basic version was there's a DCOM that exists. One of us knows the title of that DCOM and the plot, but the other person doesn't. And so that other person has to guess what that decom's about mm-hmm. based on the title and the basic information about it. And we're out of the TV now. But because High School Musical 3 is a theatrically released film, we are opening the floodgates to any theatrically released Walt Disney production from the beginning of the history of Walt Disney Studios to the present. Although I would imagine less of the ones from the present are going to be fun for this game because we've seen most of those. Yes. It will also be fun because I, as many of you know, am a Disney nerd and know even some of the old ones decently well. So we are imagining a lot of the more traditional segments will be me giving to Tyler. But I might come up with some extra games, and I have found one today that Condra did not know. So we are rolling with that. Condra. Yes. Have you ever seen The Littlest Outlaw? No. I have Great, not. Great. Perfect. If you had watched it within the last two weeks when I asked you if you had, I would have been mad. I didn't even remember that you had asked me because my brain is bad. All right. Do you want to know any more information about The Littlest Outlaw? Yes. I would like to know the year if you have it and who the child star is, please. All right. The year on this movie is 1955. Okay. The child star, not particularly a star, Andres Velasquez. Okay, I don't know who that is. Um, Cool. This is exciting. All right, so 1955 makes sense because that's when they were just starting to do all their live action films. It is indeed live action. I guess I could have said that too. I, I would have. I know all I know all the animated ones that would have. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's gonna. That, this is gonna be the more of this segment's bread and butter is like the, the weird, weird live, live action, action ones. Yeah. <laughs> so all right. So the littlest outlaw, 1955. Andreas. Andre, but Andre. with an S at the end. All right, Andre. All right. This is a cowboy movie. Obviously, it's a cowboy Obviously. movie. Obviously. Yeah. Um, not only because of the title, but also like Walt. A lot of his first live actions were like 
Western stories, like your Davy Crockett's and stuff. So, like, he liked that stuff. So that, like, checks. Yeah, a dominant genre of the time. Yes, for yeah. sure. So, all right, Littlest Outlaw. So this is going to be your, your cowboy movie for your kids. So as nice as it is to have your John Waynes and whatnot, the kids are into the cowboys, too. And this is going to be... Is it going to be a sad cowboy movie? Is everyone going to be dead at the beginning? And we're going to have like a little orphan boy who joins up with a with a local cowpoke and like steals his heart. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I want to do that. I think I'm going to do a cowpoke, uh, a stealing the heart kind of thing. Because Walt also loved those like precocious kids that finds a family kind of thing. So our our young lad is, we're going to call him Billy because... I have a good chance there of at being his name. Billy the Kid, yeah. Billy the Kid. So he and his family moved out west from the hustle and bustle of the east or maybe like the Mississippi area to 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 find a place for themselves. And it's like 1830 or whatever. It's It's that time where everyone was traveling west and stealing land and doing awful things to people that already lived there. Yeah, Western stuff. Western stuff, you know. (laughs) So they travel, and a big thunderstorm happens, and they get separated. Like, they're they're traveling through a tricky pass, mountain pass or something, and, like, this big weather event happens, and the young boy gets separated from his family, and maybe their dog runs away or something like that, like... And so he gets separated. <laughs> he goes and runs after the dog. And... Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, torrential downpour, thunderstorm. And that actually does happen in uh, one of the segments of the Coen Brothers Ballad of Buster Scruggs. People get into a bad situation because they have to go find their dog while they're traveling <laughs> west. <laughs> it I've sounds funny, but that... that's actually one of the sadder segments of that movie. I've never seen that movie. So, um, highly I... recommended. So he finds shelter, he finds a dog and finds shelter. And the next morning when the storm has passed, he, like, goes outside trying to look for his family. And they're, they've come up on, like, a river or something. And he sees bits of the wagon, like, floating or caught in some oh, bramble. No. <laughs> so he assumes his family is dead without being explicit. We assume the family is dead. And he continues on to the, the town, which is just on the other side of the river. And... He's wandering along, and as he's approaching the town, there's this this forlorn man who's alone and is, like, the sad sheriff. And the little boy gravitates to him because he's like, oh, he's a, he's a big hero, and the community is being plagued by a couple of bandits, and the little boy, through various hijinks, is, like, your home alone kind of thing, stops the bandits where the cowpoke could not. Now, Condra, yes, you're doing a great job of providing a kids western from 1955. Yes, however, it's the littlest Was outlaw, crap. not the littlest sheriff. Crap! All right, hold on. Time. Pause. Pause. So the people he runs into outside of the town are actually the bandits that are causing havoc on the town, and he. But, but they're he like, thinks, we're just good guys what? trying to get work. Yeah. 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 So he gets bamboozled, and this kid takes their, like, hijinks up a level and a half. <laughs> like, he's like, yes, let's go. I want to do this. These people are clearly bad. 
I really like this. It's like, what if Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone was on, like, was was with the Wet Bandits? <laughs> yeah. Which I don't. I I guess I never saw Home Alone three, but that would have been a like a direction to take the franchise. Like, what if he was? He what if he had up. to team up with the bad guys? Like those occasional episodes of the Pokemon series where. Yeah. Ash has to team up with Team Rocket, and you're like, oh, this is an interesting moment. Like, what happened to put them on the same team? Well, I'm even thinking, like, Blazing Saddles, which also came out after this movie, but, like, the one good guy being, like, am I really surrounded by people that are just up against me? And so, like, (laughs) you have this, like, shiny, blonde hair, blue-eyed cowboy who's, like, pr- trying to protect the town, but this little kid came out of nowhere and is just like, what is this? And through a series of circumstances, like, he gets caught in a bed. Like, his dog gets captured. Like, the the sheriff captures his dog and, like, has a sit-down with the boy and is like, okay, here's what you're doing. And the kid's like, to heck with it. I'm a little outlaw. <laughs> oh, so the movie ends with him be continuing to be an outlaw i think he finds his family in the outlaws and maybe they move move on down the line and like whatever happened like in the town so like maybe the one of the the outlaws get hurt gets hurt and the little boy is like oh no this is my family like what's gonna happen and so as he's recovering they're like maybe let's start running a like a good business or something like their actions together changed the outcome and they, they turned good as a found family. Okay, I, I was, I was going to say as a Western, there needs to like, just part of the genre is there needs to be some sort of like American moral, like nation building happening. Okay. And so it would, so, they, like, so, found you, a so you got it perfectly. The fact the, the idea of them like giving up their thing and then settling down, would it be exactly what needs to happen, especially for a Disney Western, mm-hmm. like you couldn't have the ironic ending or the subversive ending. Yeah. I like the idea of like the comedy of the main portion of the movie is like you get like maybe even a potentially famous Western actor to be the sheriff mm-hmm. who gets kind of like ironically tripped up over and over again. And in a normal movie, he would be the hero who does all these accomplishments. And in this movie, he is the sheriff who's getting tricked in over and over again, but then by the end wins over the outlaws with the sort of like American good values of like, this is what it means. Like even on the edge of culture, we still have to have our justice and yeah. Our our system of justice. Yeah. So I think that's really interesting. Obviously not Not what it is, Yep. (laughs) but um, not, not a bad pitch for a movie. I think we're off to a great start. So do you want to hear about what the real plot of the littlest outlaw is? Of course I do. All right, so The Littlest Outlaw came out December 22nd, 1955. Got a runtime of 73 minutes. Yo, yo, <laughs> Love movies dream. from the 50s. All right, the tagline. This is just big on the poster. It's, it's, it's a kind of long tagline. Watch out for the boy who stole the general's horse, the matador's cheers, the bandit's thunder, and the hearts of everyone. <gasps> what? <laughs> Did I miss out on a Civil War story? No, Condor, this is even better. This is actually a Mexican-centered <gasps> movie. Joe. Um, oh, that so, makes sense, because it's probably right after the the Tour of Goodwill. So this was directed by Roberto Gavaldon, 
Um, he was a Mexican film director. Um, over the course of 30 years, he directed 27 movies. Wow. Almost all of them produced and made in Mexico. I think this one is actually an exception to that. So this was Disney produced. As far as I can tell, this is the only one that Disney produced by this director. Wow. This director, maybe if you knew about, not you, but if maybe if people in general are interested in Mexican film, like this would be a person that you've heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, the, his Wikipedia says he has eight entries into a list of the top 100 Mexican films. Try, I would try to think of a, an American equivalent, but he would be like... Like a Spielberg? Not not even the Spielberg. He would be like the two. He would be like the two rungs down from Spielberg of Mexican cinema. Wes Anderson. No, because that's that's even like a specific style. Um, forget that analogy. Roberto Gavaldon. This is his 1955 movie. In the following couple years, he would go on to direct three movies. One called Ash Wednesday. Another one called Beyond All Limits, and the third one called Macario. Macario would be nominated for um, Best Foreign Film at the Oscars. Those previous two got some, like, one played at Cannes. Mm -hmm. Um, So it seems like him making a movie in America maybe got his name out there Mm -hmm. on an international level and started getting him some wider recognition where he wasn't necessarily originally Mm -hmm. getting as successful as he was in Mexico. Okay. So I think in the grand scheme of thing, this movie might have a legacy in that little regard, but overall it's not very highly esteemed and um, it's just another flash in the pan for the long Walt Disney list of live action failures Mm -hmm. from this era. Yeah. It's about a boy. Um, He's the stepson of a horse trainer this horse trainer is a cruel man who mistreats the horse. Um, they're training the, the the horse belongs to the general in the Mexican army, um, but the because of the cruelty of the trainer, that the horse isn't able to like make this jump for a race that he needs to do, and they're gonna kill the horse. So the boy runs away with it. The boy's <gasps> name is Pablito. It's a horse boy story. How exciting! Um, yes. Yeah, so he runs away with the horse and sort of sort of has an odyssey of running into different people and encountering different situations where he and the horse get separated, then reunited. There's like a rodeo type scene. There's various like, Oh, meet This is like a friendly priest. Who's going to help you out for a little while. Mm-hmm. Like stuff like that. It's your and episodic. Then, it's your odyssey. Yeah. Yeah. He, he runs into some bandits who are like played for humor, stuff like that. Okay. So you were actually right for the humorous bandits. You know, it, it comes up. Yeah. Interesting about the movie, it was shot It was shot twice. It was like two in one go. They shot the whole movie in English and in Spanish. Wow. So every scene they did bilingually so they wouldn't have to overdub it into Spanish for the Mexican release. That's awesome. Yeah, um, probably not something that ever happens anymore. Other than um, other than Vin Diesel in Guardians of the Galaxy, who reportedly records like nine languages for I Am Groot. Fair enough. Any other? Oh, it was written by um, Disney white guys, so it makes sense that there's like a, a misconnect between like the 
the Mexican culture mm-hmm. and like it, it makes sense that it wouldn't come out quite right. Um, but it was shot in uh, San Miguel Allende. Um, sorry for butchering Spanish. Um, and the the scenery of the scene tends to get the most um, recognition. I actually have a New York Times review from 1955 written by Bosley Crowther. Great 1955 name. He wrote, the locale is favorable, favorable and fortunate not only because of its scenic charm, but because it provides an opportunity for a lively dramatic lift in the tale. And this, we must say, with respect for the picture's good points, it sorely needs. For the simple fact is, The Littlest Outlaw is a thoroughly juvenile film in its story, its comprehension, and particularly in the way it is played. It offers a children's fiction in elementary and often hackneyed terms. And its performance by a cast of Mexican actors, some of them Hollywood alumni, is generally crude. Um, So that was fun to be able to find uh, a New York Times (laughs) review of the movie. Not surprised that it's racist. It's fine. Because it's 1955. and um, It's hard to say. The, the Mexican actors might also be bad actors. Like, it might, They might just be bad. He, he, he might think they're bad because they're Mexican, but they also could be bad. It's hard to say. Um, in general, people thought the kid in the movie was cute. They yeah. were like, he like, he did good with what he was given. Yeah. He's a good kid actor, but I don't know if he ever went on to do anything else. Also, it's a kid's movie in the first place. Like, get over it, critics. Yeah, the kid doesn't have a Wikipedia page, so doubtful that anything else yeah. happened with him. And Can they I... said, the, the New York Times guy said the horse was handsome. Oh. Slightly related to this, I noticed this weekend on social media that they were uh, Disney was celebrating... Uh, Andriana Kalati, who was the voice of Snow White's 107th birthday, whatever, um, she died a while ago. So, like, it's not like she's still alive for her birthday. <laughs> but they were, like, one of the most iconic voices of all time. And I was like, yeah, it's only iconic because you forced her into a single film contract and she was never allowed to work again. <laughs> she's iconic because you did. Like, it's one of those things that it's like... And Bobby Driscoll, like, you can list out the Disney child stars who stopped their career early for the variety of reasons because of Disney's contracting and at this time. And it's like, oh, did it was it something to do with Disney's contract that, like, the kid was not allowed to work? Like, were they hoping it was going to be a film? And, like, so I always get wary when Disney when, like, you have these one off child actors because it's like, well, what happened? (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it's more likely that he was a kid they found in Mexico who could do, do the job. Yeah. And then could do it both in English and in Spanish and Yeah. As far as I can tell, the littlest outlaw is not on Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. Yeah. Probably for logical reasons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that will also be an interesting thing for us to explore this season. Anyway, Condra. Yes. We talked about High School Musical Three. We talked about um the littlest outlaw. Got anything else to say before we wrap things up? I got nothing other than if you have ideas for future segments, please send them to us at amateurnerdspresent at gmail.com. Or like, I don't know, there's Twitter at Amateur Nerds. We have Tumblr at Amateur Nerds. That's probably a good way to get in touch with us. And Instagram at Amateur Nerds. You can instantly gram us. Yes whatever that may mean for an idea submission. 
yeah, if you have a movie that you want us to talk about, I think Condra will check the Instagram so you can fool you can fool me, not Yeah. You could or you could just send us the poster and then be like, don't do any research, just talk about this poster. Which would be fun. <laughs> or, or you could send us a poster in the mail to P.O. Box. No, we don't no, have no, we don't P.O. Have box. box. But if that interests you, that would be funny. That would be, <laughs> yeah. Condra. Yes. Our logo art Indeed. was designed by Theo Golden at T Golden Art on Instagram. And as I've said already, our wonderful intro and outro music was created and performed digitally by by Joe Winslow, who you can find at joewinslowmusic.com. I've been Tyler. I've been Condra. And we'll see you next time for a new episode of Wildcat Minute, episode three of movie three. I'll get it right next time. You can bet on it.